This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark. And I will freely admit that I am not an authority on electronica. So I was a little nervous about having Rona Rougehart from Sign on the podcast. But she was very patient with me and walked me through how she got into music, who made the biggest impact on her, and some of the wildest things she's experienced, like the time Peter Murphy missed a makeup gig in Orlando, and she and some band members had to perform an impromptu Bauhaus jam for the audience. She also discusses her relationship with Curse Mackey, and the effect that he's had on her music, how she came up with the band name Sign, and the new music she's working on. We also talk about her COVID musical coincidences, my son's hair, and our mutual love of boxers. So check out her social media, at Rona Rougehart, and at Sign Band Official. Pick up her album on Emergency Hearts, and follow us at Performance ANX on social media. Please rate and review the podcast. And you can also help keep it going through ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety or performanceanx.threadless.com. So let's dive right into things with Rona Rouchhart of SIGN, S-I-N-E, all caps, on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I don't know. It's a lot of words. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, let's, let's go. Okay, ready? One, two, Hi, this is Rona Rouchart from Sign, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety Podcast. Check us out at sign.band and get our new release, Desire, Denial, and Paramania, out now. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, but you know, I'm overall doing okay, so that's why I'm like, let's just hop on and yeah. chat. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for hopping on. And uh, you are a drummer professionally yes. but i want to find out a little bit more about how you got into music before we get into new releases and, and new projects and things so i did a little research found out that you were a military brat and right. your dad was a musician so yes. was was he which one of your parents was military uh, uh my father okay uh, yeah, so my father was in the Air Force. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So and he, uh, my mom's from Taiwan, and he met her while on duty, so. Oh, nice. Yes. And he was also a musician. Was that part of his military duty, or was that just something he did on the side, or? It, it was a hobby. Okay. It was something that he did on the side. You know, he was a music lover, and I think that's kind of why I am the way I am. I think just passed on to me the love of music, and, yeah. you know, really, that's where it all stems from. What did he play? 
he's a guitar player. Uh, oh, well, you know, he actually started as a guitar player and then he started to get more interested in keys and he would play on, um, play songs on what, like organs and keyboards and stuff. He was really into that. Um, awesome. but he was just as good of a guitar player as he was a keyboard player. So, Oh, wow. Did you start off as a drummer? Did you start off playing guitar following his footsteps? Well, I, I did not start as a drummer because, you know, at the time when I was, you know, when you're a child, you don't, you know, I, I don't know. You just don't know what you, you like yet, you know, yeah, <laughs> so you're exactly. still looking and exploring. And, um, so he taught me and my sisters how to play on the keyboard and play songs like Beatles songs and other random tunes that he would find that'd be easy for us. And, um, my sisters, they were like, eh, they liked it. Okay. But not too much, but I really liked it oh. and he could tell. So that's kind of where it stemmed from, you know, him teaching me keyboards. And then I asked him to teach me some guitar because I was just naturally interested in everything that made music, you know? Okay. So you know, I did try to play guitar. I, I can play guitar. I know how to, but it's just not, it's not natural to me, you know? Okay. I think I gravitated more towards the drums because I like dancing and movement and I like beats. Ah, okay. So kind of was like a natural thing for me to go there, okay. you know, but I also really love electronics too. And I still play synths and stuff. So what really got you into music and got you playing music in front of people? Was there like a... Two words. Okay. Depeche Mode. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow. Depeche Mode. And I I am not the only musician to say this, but they're highly influential. And um, I know there are several artists that I've heard interviews, like Chino Moreno from... Deftones, he went to Depeche Mode concert and had that like, wow, I want to do this. And then even Trent Reznor says when he went and saw a uh, black celebration tour, I believe, and, and I'm not, I'm not quoting on all this, but I believe that's what he said, but, um, it just amazes me. And, and, and they've, I'm like one of their musical children too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was my love for Depeche Mode that brought me here. Were you drumming at that time? Was that, was it the, uh, no, no. Okay. I was not. So I was primarily just playing keyboards Oh, because that's what they were doing. So I was like, ah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it, again, it was just kind of a natural thing. You know, I, I really gravitated towards their music and I loved it and had to go back and like, get everything of theirs and listen to everything. I mean, there were times where I listened to nothing but Depeche Mode. I, I am not dissimilar. Yes. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You just totally go for it. And you're just yeah. like, uh, I can't get enough. Of oh my gosh. I did not. I didn't say that on purpose. I just can't get enough of them. <laughs> see, I guess Vince Clark knew something all from the beginning. See, anyway. they, they just, they just seeped into your everyday vernacular. <laughs> They have. I mean, like literally I'm sitting right here and next to me, I've got an Anton Corbin book, which I love. I'll show you. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. This is probably all audio, but Ugh. I love this book. Oh, Anton wow. Book. So I was 
<laughs> I'm kind of going off track. I hope you don't mind. Not at all. But I also want to show you another thing here. Yeah, yeah. This, this huge book. Hold on. Yeah. I have to find my ear. <laughs> Sorry. I'm very enthusiastic when it comes to Depeche Mode. That's yes. great. Yes. Wow. Have you seen this book? No. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So it's all of Anton Corbin's like photos that he did for Depeche Mode and of Depeche Mode. Wow. Good God. It's thick. It, it's huge. I can't even hold it up to the camera properly because it's just really heavy. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how into Depeche Mode I am. That's and, uh, amazing. Yeah, they're like, they're the dream band, the dream career, dream record labels, <laughs> you name it. Okay, <laughs> I absolutely understand what you're saying. I've, I know I've got bands like that, and I'm, a lot of people I've had on the podcast have bands like that, and it's, uh, I, I just love seeing people so enthusiastic about a certain band. It's, this is the band that got yeah. me into it. It's, it's, that's, I love that. Oh, yeah, and uh, even to this day... I mean, they're, they're always my number one fave. I'm a lifer. Yeah. I'm a lifer of the black swarm. <laughs> <laughs> so how soon after that show did you start playing in bands and, and playing out in public? Well, you know, um, I didn't start playing out in public until, I don't know, like 2012 or something like that. Okay. It was like after I moved to Austin. Um, Cause like, you know, I would... I don't know. I, when I started to do music, I really didn't think like, Oh, how am I going to form a band? I really didn't even think about that. It didn't occur to me Oh wow! <laughs> until okay. later. Yeah. Because you're just kind of like, Oh, I'd love to do that. But you don't really lay the, I mean, I didn't really lay the path. You know what I mean? It just right. like everything kind of came together. So it wasn't until I moved to Austin, Texas that I started to find bandmates. And by this time I was fully a drummer. So I was, Oh, and I was really into the food fighters. <laughs> wow. I, I, I still, I know I ha I'm very diverse in like my influences, but for a while there, I just really loved the food fighters. And they, I had that same effect where I like had to go listen to all their stuff. And I was like, wow, I love like Dave Grohl's drumming. And, yeah. you know, so I kind of went on a, a, a kick, you know, like a food fighters kick, you know? And, uh, <laughs> got into some bands and played in Austin, but, um, you know, ultimately I think who, who I am on the inside, the electronic musician and the lover of that kind of, um, type of music just shows through, you know, it's like yeah. something I can't ignore. So while I still love bashing away the drums, which I really, really do, <laughs> <laughs> I really, really do. Um, I still like the, sexiness of electronics and things like that so not that drums can't be sexy but you know what i mean yeah i get it. it's different vibes yeah for sure absolutely so how did the professional side of this thing come about how is now is sign your first actual professional band or were there others before this there were there were others before this this is my own my mine I, I mean, I've been in other bands that were run by other people, but mm. I was in a band in Austin, Texas called Dead Love Club. Oh. And I was their drummer for a few years, and it was really fun. Let's kick it up all night. Let's kick it up all night. Looking for some action. Well, 
And uh, when we first started playing together, I was new to Austin and I went to the Austin um, Music Foundation, which they, you know, they talk to people who are new and kind of give you some connections. Oh, cool. And I met with the director there. His name was Alex Vallejo and he's pretty heavy into the music biz here in Austin, Texas. And his family is very well known and respected. So he took all my information and just kind of found out what, you know, what are you looking for? And so gave him all my information and said bye. And then he (laughs) called me about five minutes later and he's like, Hey, do you want to join my band? Oh, wow. I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh, what band is it? He's like, Oh, it's called dead love club. He's like, I'll send you a video link or something, a song. And so he sent me that. And as soon as I saw it, my first thoughts were my life with the thrill kill cult. Oh, wow. That was the vibe that I got off of this. And I was like, Yes, I want to be in this band. <laughs> so when, when I was in Dead Love Club, we actually opened for Thrill Kill Cult uh, twice. Oh, we opened wow. for them in San Antonio and then like twice in Austin. So it's a regional thing. But um, I felt like we were kind of like the TKK babies. You know, we were almost like a little bit campy and sexy and bondagey and all this other stuff. You know, it was <laughs> right. fun. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, the reason why that I parted ways with them was because, uh, they decided to take the band in another direction and do more of like eighties cover kind of like new wavy stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't know. It just seemed like it was right for them. And for me, I, I just didn't know how to really drive in that sector. So yeah. And, and plus I also wanted to make my own kind of music and I wanted to take my own opportunities. So, okay. um, so we just parted ways, you know, mutually and they're still out there. They're kicking ass. Nice. I mean, they're doing so awesome. Yeah. And it's all good, you know, and, uh, that's good to hear. But yeah. So that, I would say that was my first professional experience was with dead love club for sure. And how did you come up with the idea for sign how first of all is there is there anything behind the name and the all caps well when i was putting music together i didn't have a a name and i really just wanted something like garbage you know like Mm -hmm. curve you know it was like one word kind of thing and curve and garbage both are big influences on signs music so I was kind of going along with that. And plus I didn't want to be like Rona Rouge Hart solo. You know, I want yeah. to be a band. I want to have the name of a band. And so I've just been racking my brain and didn't really have any uh, alternates or any, it's very strange, but I just wanted this word. And one day I just woke up and I actually saw it, you know, how oh. you like blink and you see like images. Mm-hmm. So I just saw the word sign in all caps Wow! and happened to like the way it looked. And I was like, Oh, okay, well then that's it. You know, I guess it kind of chose me. And when I went and looked it up, I, you know, I wanted to see if there were other bands using it. And, uh, there, there are some, I think there was a band in Germany that was using the, the name sign, but they, they were not very active at the time and they didn't it was a different type of vibe in music, okay. you know? So I felt like, well, you know, I'm not trying to steal anyone's name, but no one in the U S has the name sign. <laughs> that, hey, there you go. I don't know. That might be kind of weird to talk about, but you know, people are always like, you stole my band name. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to steal anyone's band name. So I had to try and make my own. 
No, I, one of the constants on this is is how hard it is to find a band name at this point. Yeah, so. I mean, you might as well get really ridiculous. Like speaking of, you know, spoke about Dave being a Dave Grohl fan. Yeah. Um, I was a really big fan of his project that he did with uh, Josh Homme and um, uh, John Paul oh Jones. Gosh. Yes, John them, Paul Jones. Them Crooked Vultures. Yes. And he said, and I think Josh Homme was the one that said, you know, we just came up with something ridiculous, like them crooked vultures, you know, who's really going to have that, yeah. you know? So, and they have, that's how they got their band name. And yeah. I'm like, of course, you know, if you want to try some absurd wordlings, I think you could probably come up with something. Oh yes. Yeah. So three <laughs> nonsense words that don't go together. So, <laughs> yeah. so my buddy yeah. was actually in the live version of that band. So. Oh, really? Alan Johannes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. How cool. So, I love him. Uh, yeah. He's one of the early guests on the podcast. Yes. Okay. So I had just moved to Austin when they played ACL, them Crooked Vultures played, and I was so upset that I didn't get to go. Yeah. And it actually rained. I, I mean, that, that year... I think it was the year that it rained during ACL and everyone got so muddy and nasty. And then people had like rashes all over their legs from the the grass uh, (laughs) treatment or whatever the heck. Maybe it was all that cedar. Yeah, probably (laughs) all that too. But yeah, I do remember them coming to town and me not getting to see them. And I was so very, very sad. Yeah. I never got the chance to see them either. In fact, I've never seen Alan play live. I have not either. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, but uh, but Queens of the Stone Age I've seen several times, and they're one of my faves too. Oh man, yeah. I love Queens of the Stone Age. I I do have some influences from them in my songs as well, you know. Yeah, you but, sound like you you got a, a huge variety of sounds in your music. Yeah, I for me it. I think I stay in a certain area of, of genre, you know, I like to be in the darker electronic dance mm-hmm. industrial stuff. But, um, as far as what I'm a fan of, I love all kinds of music. I mean, it doesn't matter what genre it is. Like you get, you give me a good song and I like it, yeah. you know, like, and, uh, but certain bands just hit me harder than others, you know, and then they become more influential, but I have thrown in, um, bits of influences from songs that I've just liked, oh, cool. you know, okay. that I, so yeah, I mean, I, I like to kind of gather my brain circuitry from everywhere. <laughs> that, that makes the most yeah. interesting music. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I do actually feel like, Hmm, you know, is my music like kind of weird or maybe <laughs> is it not exactly what people are looking for? You know, I yeah. certainly have those thoughts as probably most musicians do, but in the end it's all, it's kind of like, well, you know, this is kind of what comes out of my brain. So I guess I just have to roll with it and see how it goes. If you're forcing music or trying to make your music sound like somebody else or not true to what you want to do, it, it it's always yeah. evident. It always sounds like it's being forced. Yeah. That's, your music does not sound forced at all. Oh, thanks. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I want to find, I got several more questions to ask you about, oh, well, yeah. everything really, but I, I wanted to tell you how much I really, I, I loved communion, temptation, fate and superstition, get in, get off oh. those songs. Yay. That's, that's the, uh, the sound of the electronica, I don't want to say genre, but that, that's the sound that I, the sounds that I like in electronic is, is 
exactly what you've come up with in those, specifically those four off the first album. gravitated towards fate and superstition. I used to do oh, it live. Really? I haven't done it live or, and getting it off. I used to do it live too. And I don't anymore. Oh man. So, uh, interesting that you say that. So those are, yeah, those are my, I like the, the dark. I, I don't, I yeah, don't really dance Yeah, And I don't dance. I'm like a, you know, mid forties white yeah. dude. It's just, so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like the darker stuff, the darker, slower stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's kind of where I'm at sometimes, like even with the song temptation, you know, it's like, I want I, a lot of the music that I, and actually and communion, I like to have a, like a deep brooding kind of like thing over you, you know, yeah. it's, it's meant to be like a little aggressive and, you know, kind of, uh, how, how should I put this? It's like a commanding type of feel, oh, you know, a little bit of dominating, Yes, but it's also in a, in a way of like, you know, I think my, a lot of my lyrics are kind of like eye openers, you know, like look what's happening around you yeah. or, you know, are you really going to stand for this particular type of treatment <laughs> oh, yeah. from another person? And, um, so, and, and like with, with temptation, that song I wrote because I just, saw how tempting things bring people they bring people's lives down Whatever it is that tempts yeah. you will ruin your life. You know, it's the, a song about that. And it's embodying the thing like, hi, my name's temptation. Like, oh, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's me. And that, you know what I mean? It's enticing. Yes. So I really like that twist. You know, I, I tried to put a little bit of sarcasm and humor into my lyrics. So who is in the band at this point is it just you doing everything yeah it's just me currently it is just me and it's not because i don't want bandmates but um you know covid happens pandemic happens and everyone gets separated and yeah. we all have to figure out new ways to be musicians and a lot of us have to be that alone you know yeah exactly exactly and so the the genre that you specialize in kind of lends itself to that Yes. Fortunately. And, and I, 
yes, I agree. And, uh, that was one thing about sign that I wanted to make sure of when I created the, the band was that I wanted to be kind of, I use the word modular a lot because if I wanted to have a guitar player or I want, like I've been doing shows in 2019 with a drummer. So it was like me and my drummer. It was just the two of us. We basically two drummers on stage. Oh, cool. And it, yeah, it worked out great. Um, but I haven't been able to play any shows with him lately because we've been separated for a year and almost two years, you know, lots of things change and I've had to kind of morph into what I am now. So eventually I'm open to that, but right now I am uh, basically creating all the music on my own and, um, starting to collaborate with other people. Okay. And, um, I just signed with a label called emergency hearts. Yes. Yes. And they're super great. And, uh, Scott Crows, the owner, uh, founder of the label, and he has been a tremendous help in connecting me with lots of people. And one specifically, um, Mark Pistol, who is known for Consolidated, uh, he and I have been doing some music together. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, there's some collabs going on and, and, um, and future collaborations. So that's always nice. I've seen that you've done a lot with Curse Mackey. Yes. How did that relationship get started? Well, we met each other in 2014, maybe. Okay. Something. We didn't actually like. So we started. I know I'm kind of like going way back now. So no, that's what I love. This is what I love. 14, but I, but we. I think we just like met briefly, you know, at Elysium or something, and became okay. Facebook friends, or whatever. And there was nothing, you know. It was he was just another person in, in, in the world, you know, but it wasn't until later on around, uh, 2000, I don't know, 15, 16 or so that we reunited and kind of saw each other again and, um, had, uh, began a relationship. So, um, that's kind of how it all happened. It was very organic and real. And because we both are, musicians and we both love music and we love creating it was just kind of natural to work together and i also like to get his expertise and his experience on some things you know i'd play him some music and sometimes he would say oh i want to add some percussion or something to your music and so that's kind of how it went and then uh with the song drugs in particular he actually sings on the song drugs So I needed to have a good male voice presence and and I love Curse's voice. And so he was a, he was the right choice and, you know, so, but yeah, everything's really great. I'm happy to have him in my life and in my world because we collaborate and we, we make good stuff happen. 
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. You guys, like you said, made some great music, and I heard, or yeah, I, I guess I want to say heard. I guess that's the best way to say it. A, a story of how well you guys can collaborate off the cuff when Peter Murphy didn't show up for a gig. <laughs> yes. How, what happened yes. there? Well, what happened there was I Sign had been asked to be the opener for Peter. And this was like, yeah, I was, I was very, very excited about that. I mean, that was like the biggest show I've ever played as sign, (laughs) you know, amazing. And so I, I was, uh, I was really ready for it. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. So, um, basically I guess everyone kind of knows the story, you know, I mean, Peter just wasn't feeling well and decided not to show and David J. Yeah. Decided not to to show. Yeah. Well, you know, he's Peter. He can do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, we, we kind of had to, uh, gather ourselves quickly and, uh, David just didn't want to leave, you know, the people hanging again because it was a second, it was a makeup date. Actually, it was a second makeup date. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the, the crowd was already kind of prickly, you know? Yeah. So that was the reason why David J just said, all right, well, let's you Rona and hers, let's go do this kind of little impromptu Bauhaus and dub experience for the people who stayed. Gosh. And that's how it happened. And I, I, I mean, we had literally 20 minutes from the time I left the stage to the time we were back on stage, it was 20 minutes to figure out what we we're going to do. Whoa. And, uh, yeah. And I, I mean, it's one of those things where when someone tells you something and it's so shocking that your brain just completely empties out and you're like, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. Because when curse was the one that broke the news to me, he says, oh, you know, don't break down your gear. Cause we're, you know, we're going to play again with David going to play Bauhaus tunes with David. And then all of a sudden my brain goes, do I know any Bauhaus tunes? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, okay. And you know, we know these songs, but in that very moment, my brain went, I don't know anything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so we both had our little, you know, oh shit moments or uh, whatever, but it, it turned out great. And David was a hero for it. And, you know, it, it's quite the story in our little songbook. you know. <laughs> it really is. That's one of the wildest stories I've heard. It's just coming up with an impromptu set, 20 minutes playing songs that you're not prepared to play. Yeah. And for me, it was extra awkward because my rig was front and center from my opening slot. And I, I asked David J, I said, Hey, do you, do you want me to move my rig over to the side? And he goes, no. no." And I'm like, no. Okay. And so I'm like, great. I'm front and center for this whole thing. So it was a little, a little nerve wracking at first, but I was like, don't look him in the eyes. (laughs) I'm kidding. Front and center for a potentially unruly crowd. Oh yeah, it was, it was interesting. But I think after we kind of settled in, we were like, all right, everyone's enjoying this. And it's actually a lot of fun. And 
you know, the band started to, uh, come alive so that is great that's a credit to you guys as musicians because that's i haven't heard anything like that and it's just god you can't you can't crumble no (laughs) i mean bless it when when you're a musician on stage the show must go on you know so had the first album come out at that point uh insomnia okay yes what about the ep uh, so, uh, that one came out in November. So that was after the show. Okay. So the show happened in April, 2019 and then injected came out in November of 2019. Okay. And you didn't have so any forewarning was, of Corona for that. No, one. That was not, that was not COVID related. I know pretty funny, huh? And you know, what's weird about it is when I created that artwork, I liked the syringes and this kind of formation of like the three crosses mm-hmm. in a way. You know? Yeah. And when I created the wording for injected, if you look at it, the J has a line in it to look like infected. I'm looking at it right now. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's like injected, infected, you know? That's and wow. That is that's that's, pre COVID, everyone. I did not (laughs) do that on purpose. (laughs) Once again, you're front and center on this. Don't blame Rona for this. And it's, you know, Corona, Rona, infected. Oh, know, right? Wow. See, isn't that odd? That, I think it's strange. And then I, and yeah. then my partner's name is curse, you know? That's <laughs> wow. I didn't even think of that. I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> but you know, it's a, and, and the other thing that's even funnier, I guess, is the song that I did with Chris Connolly called desolate district. Yes. That happened pre COVID too. We did not write Desolate District for COVID. in our world basically what i did was i handed him the music that chris and i did and i said i'm just going to give it to chris and let him do whatever he wants with it and when he returned it to me those were his lyrics wow so i think that's freaky too that is (laughs) holy crow yeah so i don't know maybe i need to look at my new eps and stuff and go what's in here that i probably don't want to predict yeah we run your <laughs> lyrics kidding. run your lyrics past the cdc right exactly <laughs> oh no so I, I, again i was listening to the ep and i love the uh there goes my son and I, I, hey son <laughs> son you got badass hair that's your dad right, gave you some nice curly hair hi your hair yeah, I'm, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, people pay a lot of money for that kind of hair. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, made his day. <laughs> All right, now get out of here. <laughs> I got stuff to do. <laughs> hey, he's a good kid. Funny. So, he's uh, he's picking up the bass right now. He plays. Uh, oh, 
yeah. Tuba and sousaphone in the school band. He's a senior this year. And they have sure. the, uh, yeah, they have this uh, percussion ensemble that they're doing. And he wanted to be part of that, but it's uh, it's mostly percussion. He doesn't, he doesn't play percussion for se, per se, but uh, they said, oh, well, we'll pick up a, they, they asked him, you know, if he knew any guitar thing, and he had taken guitar lessons when he was a little younger. He's like, I'm going to play guitar. Well, here, here's a bass. Here, now go learn this. So he's he's got a bass and cool. he's learning some bass. That's so. awesome. I yeah. I love bass. I wanted to play bass too. After after I saw Simon Gallup from The Cure playing, I was like, <laughs> I need a bass now, Dad. <laughs> and he's like, No, <laughs> I'm kidding. He, he was like, Okay, show me you can pl- show me you are able to practice and play some bass notes for me, and then I'll get that bass for you oh. it was a fender p bass because that's what simon was playing and i wanted it i soon realized that i'm not a bass player oh no no oh. key bass yes i like bass drum yes i like the bass a lot I've, i do too i've tried to teach myself guitar i've and i basically right now I just like banging around on it and making noise but i, I really enjoy playing the bass but I, I love like slinky bass you mentioned that you, you know you do like cockatoos is so good that's really that's a really oh, cool version i like that a lot oh thank you thank you yeah you know i was very inspired by that song i just i mean it's one of my faves by the cure the cure is like my number two band they're just like i love them <laughs> as much as i do depeche Mode. but um not that i want to put anyone in ranking right. but you know what I mean. <laughs> that'll you know, be the next show the day, yeah <laughs> but um yeah i mean i i really love that song and I didn't want to do it exactly like theirs, but I just, I just felt, Oh, it'd be kind of cool to do kind of a quiet version and then like blast him out with this like rock ending, you know? Yeah. And it, and it works really well in a live environment if I have a band. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause then there's live like guitars and drums and that's how I prefer to perform that, that version. I think it kind of needs it. There's certain songs yeah. that just, that just, that's what it needs. Yes. And I completely agree. So with Corona, how often are you getting a chance to play out nowadays? Is, is things opening up out in the, in, in the Austin area at all? Or You know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of shaky just like anywhere else. You know, I mean, we, we did have shows for an event called Free Week in Austin, which it's basically they, uh, the Red River Cultural District puts on this uh, yearly event and they have locals play and all the shows are free. So everyone can just like roam and check out a bunch of cool bands. So it's oh, really fun. Awesome. Yeah. So we just recently did that. Curse and I both did. And, you know, I mean, now I think we're starting to kind of see some stuff get canceled and pushed back. And, you know, I yeah. think we're, you know, we're reaching this hump again that we need to get over. Yeah. I suppose. I think that 
so hard to say now, you know, with so many things coming up, but yeah. you know, I think it's, it's time for us to kind of figure out some new ways, you know, if we can't yeah. get out there live, we've got to figure out how to do something. You yeah, know? exactly. Oh, my dog so, decided to join us too here. Oh, what kind of dog? Oh, yeah, I'll show you. He's a uh, mix. He's half Australian shepherd, half boxer. Let me see if I can. Oh, we have a boxer. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Hey. Oh, <laughs> we have a boxer. Oh, man. I love boxers. We love them. They're awesome. Oh. They're one of my favorite dogs ever. Damn, before my dog distracted me, let me see where I, where was I? Uh, so you've got, we were talking about you playing live. Do you get a chance to tour outside of Austin uh, a lot or do you try to do you mainly stay local? You know, um, I haven't do, done too, too many uh, out of state shows, but uh, I have, or out of city rather. Uh, yes, I, I have played Houston, San Antonio. I just played Dallas uh, on December 2nd with Netzareb. So oh, that was really awesome. Nice. Yeah, I got to open for them. Wow. And that was killer at Trees. Yeah. And uh, what's awesome is that uh, Curse and I became friends with Vaughn Harris, who's you know, one of the, the co-founders of yeah. the band. So it was really awesome opening up for them being people I was influenced by musically. That like, cause when I was listening to Depeche Mode, I also listened to Natsurab too, you know, and then also being friends with them. It just was, was really special and awesome. And, uh, it was like the second show I played in Dallas as sign. So it was, it was great. Oh, that is awesome. That's, I love hearing yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And other than that, um, you know, I've played Tampa, uh, Absolution Fest in Tampa. Also played, well, obviously Orlando. Orlando, yeah. <laughs> yes, Orlando. Um, yeah, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to expand and get out to Chicago. I'd love to get to a show in LA, New York, you know, oh, yeah. um, but we'll see how it goes for this coming year. But it's always a goal to try and play other cities and expand your audience oh i'd love to have you come out to dc area because that's that's oh, from, yeah close to dc so oh cool yeah i'd love to so you have a, a new album out on the emergency hearts which we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier yes would i be wrong in saying it's kind of a compilation of the full length and the ep with some remixes and stuff in it that's correct okay and it's, I like to refer to it as like my catching up with Depeche Mode. Ah. And it's like my catching up with Sign, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like <laughs> and that. I only did, yeah, I only did that because I feel like I'm still relatively new to people. So it was kind of a way to, I guess, reintroduce myself to, uh, to my audience and new audience, you know, and kind of give a bit of a direction. Like, this is kind of where signs headed. Well, I like the idea because being on, on a, on a little, the first two were independent releases, if right? Right. Okay. So, yeah. So doing this, I think is a fantastic idea. Great way to get people who, because I know a lot of people who follow labels, you know, and yeah. I think it's a great way to get them accustomed to your music and introduce yourself to a, a wide audience. Yeah. And, uh, I, that was the main goal for that. And I just figured, you know, wherever someone picks up sign, that'll be a nice comprehensive look. Yeah. You know? 
think I remember hearing you say that you were working on some new music. I believe it's a an EP trilogy. That's right. Mantis? Yeah. Is that they get the name That's right? That's right. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, it was going to be just a full-length album, but um, Scott from Emergency Hearts suggested I break it up and... Um, you know, expand the, the life of the music it's in a, a way. Idea. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, it's kind of funny really when you're making music and then releasing it, because a lot of the times when we release music, sometimes it's a few months to sometimes almost a year old to us. Right. So it's kind of like, we've spent all that time working on it, you know? So it's yeah. kind of like when you, once you put everything out, then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a good way to kind of pace yourself and also gives me an opportunity to work a bit with Mark Pistol because I'm always coming up with ideas and sometimes I'll, I'll come up with multiple ideas and sometimes songs will just write themselves. Hmm, nice. And yeah. And so I sent him a couple of demos and he's worked on a few things, but you know, it's a thing where I might just tell him, Hey, wait, you know, stop working on that one thing because I have this thing that just came up and it is like almost a song, Oh, nice. you know what I mean? So that's kind of how I've been working lately is just kind of seeing where my inspiration falls okay. and then go from there. Um, but Mark's awesome to work with. Now is it all the music written already and you're just going to release it as three separate EPs or are you just kind of yes. working on it and then releasing it as it goes? I am, uh, there are completed songs okay. that are, are ready for release. And there are also a few in the works that if they become complete, we'll throw, <laughs> we'll put them on there. But if not, then they might have to go on the next one, you know? So we just okay. have to see how, how things flow, but I like to keep it open-ended because, you know, now, now is kind of a time for change and a time for things happening spontaneously, you know? So that's what I'll be looking for is whatever grabs me. Well, one of the things that I noticed that grabbed you was this TV series that you worked on villains where black yeah. presents. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? What, what is that about? Well, that only happens because of the pandemic really, you know, all the tours got canceled in a yeah. curse had probably almost, I don't know, like 60 to a hundred dates get canceled Oof. in 2020. Yeah. It was a pretty big deal. Wow. You know, and a lot of people had that, you know, they had their entire tours canceled. So yeah. it was depressing. And I think the only way that I was able to cope with that was just go, well, somebody's put an obstacle in my way and how do I get around it? Nice. And okay. so I go, I'll be a TV producer. Everyone's <laughs> watching TV now. <laughs> why not? So why not? Hmm. But the beauty of it all was that the show was mine. Curse was my co-host and also helped curate guests and videos and things on the show. Excellent. And what I really wanted to do is I wanted to give myself, him, and our friends, all of our musician friends, and bands that we were fans of a place to get their music out, get their new videos out, be seen on real television, yeah, you know, and broadcast online worldwide, you know, um, 
and replays, you know, even though I, I did two seasons worth, but even though I'm, I paused for a bit, they still replay the episodes. So I like that. I like that people are getting that constant exposure. So really that's why I did it was because we couldn't play live and I saw a lot of my friends and people I care about suffering through it, you know, because they couldn't play music anymore. And, and if you tell an artist that they can't do their art, I mean, that's, Oh, it's devastating. It's like, I mean, it's like death, you yeah. know, I mean, I hate to be so dramatic, but really, you know, it's like, that's who we are, you know? And so I, I loved doing it. The only part I didn't really enjoy was the constant video editing, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, when you're the producer, the editor and everything else, you know, it's like the work, it's pretty heavy load to do an hour show every week, you know? So, yeah, I know. um, (laughs) I mean, adding video to this would be just, I, I don't know if I could do it. Oh yes. And see, that was the thing is we would have interviews and then I would spend time because you know, I only had an hour slot on the television, but I talked to someone for like three hours. Yeah. You know, so it'd be like, okay, how do I cut this down to 30 minutes or so? You know, but I, I had all my newbie producer, you know, inefficiencies, but, um, I enjoyed it. I love it. And I will, I would do it again if I have the time and oh, awesome. resources. I would, I would do it another season. I would do it several, but originally films were black was supposed to be live events. So that's another reason why I morphed it because I was able to do one villains were black Presents show in Austin in February of 2020. And then, you know, right. And then March, you know, that's when everything went to hell. So it was kind of like my continuation of that idea but just put in a different format because we couldn't do live events. That, so that was the nat- next natural thing. That's some resiliency right there. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like I'm either resilient or just really torturous <laughs> of myself. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Well, I really have enjoyed the the uh, Desire Denial and Paramania album. That's uh, yeah. Paramania. Yeah. So how did you come did up? Did you look it up? Yes, I did. <laughs> how how did you come up with that? Time? I love it. I think it's hilarious. So the definition is someone who has an ab, it's an abnormal pleasure in complaints. Yeah. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I love it. Um, so the reason why I chose that title for a lot of different reasons, but I was really liking, you know, of course I love new order and power corruption lies, you know? So uh, I was like, Oh, do, 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 you know, that kind of sound felt good to me. I thought, okay, desire denial, you know, it's like, these are human conditions that everyone has a desire to do something to something denial. Not me. No, nope, I, <laughs> mania is, Oh, my elbow. I can't this. I don't know how to that. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) The people who don't want to change their lives, you know? So really, it's kind of my humorous way of going, these are three words that describe probably everyone in some way or another, you know? That's awesome. But, uh, but I'll be, but I'll, uh, I'll give you the the insight on the word paramania and where I got it from. Okay. I got it from the Foo Fighters. (laughs) 
Man. Exactly. And now we all come back. It's Everything the, comes back to Dave Grohl. It's all mean? circular. It's all circular. <laughs> it, at Dave Grohl. The two O's and foo. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's a song called Wind Up, which I love. And he says, farewell, my sweet paramania. And I always thought that was a great line. That... So it just kind of like stuck with me. So when I came up with this title, I was it just got pulled from the back of my Foo Fighters little file cabinet. And <laughs> here we are. That is awesome. Well, I love the rhythmic connection to, uh, to New Order. And I'm not... Electronica is not my wheelhouse but I love hearing new music. I, I, I love learning new people. And uh, going back, I remember when I was in college, you know, bands like Meat Beat Manifesto and Pig Face were huge yeah. with my friends who were really big into industrial cop shoot cop. And, and I never got into it until having some guests on who were really into it, like Joe Cardamone. He was, he loved it. His, and if you haven't heard his latest album, his Holy War album and the stuff he's doing with Mark Lanigan. It's incredible. Yeah. So killer. But I'll uh, check it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got you got to talk to Curse sometime because oh. you know he sings for Pigface. Yeah, I would. And, uh, love to have Curse on. And maybe maybe you could coerce Martin Atkins on here too. That would. I'll take. I'll take whoever you can help me with. So yeah. What maybe. what happens is I end up doing a deep dive as as deep as I can go into people listening to the albums, finding old interviews and listening to old podcasts and, and whatever interviews they've done in the past and just trying to pull out nuggets and, and make things right. to find interesting things to talk about. Listening to some of your music and, and the remixes, like the Meat Beat Manifesto dub oh, remix. Yeah. So of I'm hearing sounds like, oh my gosh, that sounds like something I heard back in 92 when I was in college, you know, and, like this, <laughs> and the death marked remix of need to bleed. I think I like that even better than the, the original version. Oh really? Oh, thanks. Yeah, I love that. And the last <laughs> one is awesome. the desolate district night remix that yeah. I, I really love the remix. I've, I starting to understand a little bit more about why people like remixes. Yeah, I, I like it because it shows the creativity of the person doing the remix, you know, and yeah. the reimagining of your own song. It's really, it's really cool. I like it. And, and, and I don't give people direction. I just say, do whatever you want. That's awesome. You know, and uh, each remix kind of has its own little unique touch to it. And I, I like that diversity, you know. So yeah. And like I say, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of opened my eyes to why people like certain, why people like doing remixes, hearing remixes, and uh, make more open my ears a little bit more to industrial and electronica. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun over here. Come on over. <laughs> I, I we're, was not that, we're not all vampires. No. <laughs> <laughs> Most well, of us are, but not all. Not all. All right. That's cool. I have to let my wife know. <laughs> it's safe. 
<laughs> yes. No one will bite you. Promise. <laughs> well, where can people pick up the? I don't even want to. I don't really want to say compilation. The the, the introduction of Desire Denial and Paramania. <laughs> where can people find it, and how can they follow you on social media? So I um, my website is sign band. And I'm currently redoing it, so it's not much but a landing page. But um, they can also buy my music at sign, uh, signofficial.bandcamp.com. Or you can just go to emergencyhearts.com, and my catalog is there as well. Awesome. And... Um, I think that's, those are pretty good places to start. And okay. then I'm sure you could find me through social media on any of those channels. Yeah. What are the, uh, so what are, what are the, like the uh, Instagram accounts? Are you on Twitter? Is, uh, I think it's sign band official. Okay. This has been a blast. I really thank you for, for coming on and joining me. Yeah. And, and, and Thanks. Listen. And I'm sorry that I was late. I just, I totally like medicine head the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> I understand just lost it. in space. Not a problem. I understand it. When you're not feeling well, time just kind of goes in, yeah. on its own. It's bizarre. You I lose like track I just of it. Woke up. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I believe me. I've been doing that for a, a week and a half at the, well, no, 28th <laughs> before, before yeah. new year's. So jeez, it's yeah. You just lose all track of time. It's just, it's, crazy yeah well i'm glad we got to chat and i'll certainly look out for this whenever it's out let me know and i'll certainly send you podcasts and all that stuff Chainsaw Ryle.